Hello, welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. We are back to a regular schedule because there's no more World Cup. It's Premier League. There's football just in general going on. But before we do all of that, it's January, January the 3rd at the time of recording. And I would like to announce the No Ratings Pod's new signing. He's got the paper in front of him. We know Baines and Daniel have been involved in the pod since the get-go but I would like to officially announce a £3.6 million signing plus add-ons. Transfer could eventually reach £18.7 Trujista Sancho has officially signed. He's got the paper in front of him. You can't see him, but he's about to sign on the dotted line. Any words before you sign on the dotted line, Trujista? I just want to thank the gaffer um, for having the faith in me to keep calling me up for the games. And I hope I can ghost a bit less than actual Sancho right now. Um, just keep... <laughs> Keep producing the goods when necessary. Sensational stuff. He's signed on the dotted line. Congratulations on joining what is a phenomenal entity um, that has listeners in Tanzania, if you're interested, in Argentina, Turkey, France, Italy, Liechtenstein, Czech Republic, Angola, Nigeria, Ghana. I'm not just saying countries. I've got the chart in front of me. <laughs> All of you lot are listening from these, these countries. So shout out you guys. Daniel is also with us. How are you, bro? It's been a minute since you've been on the pod. We've obviously been chatting on the side, but how's things going? I'm good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, my World Cup hangover is just about over and I'm ready to get back to top of the league business. Hey, hey, he puts it in early. He's going Excellent. early. Uh, Bainsey, I think the last time we had you on, um, you said something pretty wild about Harry Winks, which actually wasn't wild. The audience loved it. And I was just saying off air, that tweet has 8.7 million impressions, Ooh. which is bonkers. You're famous now, bro. What are you doing back on the pod? <laughs> Talking about Harry Winks again, that how Tottenham yeah. miss him right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, let's get Where is he? Is he fit? Sam Dorio or something. Oh, he went on loan, innit? He went on loan. That's just not a f- like Harry Winks going on loan to Italy is just not what I thought was going to happen. I felt he might, he might. I felt like he might go on loan to like MK Dons. He strikes me as the sort of guy who wants to say south of the river. I don't even um, think he's been a like game for Sampdoria. You know what I mean? He, he does suit the suit the Italian game. He's he's like an Italian player trapped in England. So I, I feel like he should have gone and and done well. I haven't really heard him making waves there. I don't think he's played a game. I think he's been injured. Oh, yeah, I'll I'm going to have a look for you right now. Um, he's not. It doesn't even come up that he's at Sampdoria. Oh, wow. He, wow. He's not even been involved yet. Has he even got a shirt number? Let's have a look. Wow. No, he, he actually doesn't even have a shirt number yet because he's not played an appearance. That's outrageous. Anyway, um, it actually just says here, Harry Winks confirms injury decisions being made. So I'm assuming that means... Uh, he is uh, not playing because of injury, but we're not going to talk about Harry Winks at any point soon, I don't think. Um, as always, let's start with last week's icebreaker, which was, if you could go back and change one thing that happened in football during 2022, what would it be? Very quickly, um, Daniel, anything you would have changed in 2022? Uh, oh, it's coming quite quickly. I'd say our loss at Old Trafford um, this season, where it's our only defeat of the season, and I could have done without it. The 3-1? Yes. Oh, yeah, the Anthony. Hmm. I had to watch Anthony do all of that in front of me. I just wanted to run on the pitch. So, yeah, I could have done without that. Uh-huh. Uh, Baines? Oh, I don't even know, man. Probably Messi winning the World Cup. I'm going to sound like a heater. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, you know. No, nah, double down. Stick with it. Yeah, go yeah. for it, man. The game's a game, isn't it? I'm right, a say, no, say, say, say it again. Say it again. Su- it Mbappe, your... uh, I wish Mbappe won the World Cup, innit? Oh, okay. Uh, sue it with your chest. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to say, I, I think I said it already, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it again. Neymar. I needed that Neymar World Cup win, man. The, vibe, the Brazil vibes, just the, the whole that whole month, I'm telling you, I, I, was, I was Brazilian that entire month. I haven't even taken the flag out my bio yet. I'm still, I'm still Brazilian. Till 2026, we go again. Wait, this went 2022, yeah, but I've got a take. I wish Manchester United had put in Michael Carrick instead of Ralph Ranyuk. Wow. I mean, uh, Bainsey, like, you've got some unresolved stuff. No, no, I said, it, I said it at the time. I said it at the time. I think Michael Carrick would have, would have led us to top four. Wow. I was adding I mean, He's doing that. bits at Middlesbrough. 
he's got two back from banging goals. I think, in, I think so. they're in the top five now. I think when he took over, they were near the relegation zone. Mm. Yeah, he's done bits. Like Championship, Premier League, different kettle of fish. Although, Daniel, you haven't been on the pod for ages, but the pod has changed direction a little bit. We are a therapy session, should it be required. Um, so that is probably why Baines is bringing up Scarf. I, ju- I just want to 20. say, Michael Carrick did beat Arsenal, by the way. He absolutely did. I was also there. And um, I wish that never Renato happened. Well. Goes. Yeah, I wish that never happened. <laughs> That was like a dream game for Bainsey. Who's man? I think Carrick left after um, that game as well. Literally, as he as did. he was walking to the dressing room, they announced it on Sky Sports. Mm. Mm. Mad. Um, way to go out. A few from social. One, sorry. No, I just said what way to go out. That was what I said. Oh, um, he's got fresh trim as well, by the way, at Middlesbrough. I don't know if you've noticed. Skin, <laughs> that? skin fade. He's, he's looking. I don't, it's not really it's like basically his old trim but like a newer version like a 2022 23 version does he get extra peng points for that one I was just about to say he has definitely he's definitely more peng now I like it I also met Michael Carrick as well just had that day. so he gets he gets, he gets double the peng points for that nah it was on the when he was assistant under Josie so a couple of years ago Okay. Oh, nice. He's bare tall in real life, isn't it? Well, when I met him, he was sitting down because I went to his book signing. How am I meant to tell? No, but it's true. The guy was sitting down. How am I meant to tell? What is wrong with you? Oh, man. <laughs> <Wow>. All right. Um, <laughs> let's tell you a few from social media. Uh, <laughs> Eno Futbo says, uh, putting biased options aside, he's not a Liverpool fan, to clarify. He said, out of Liverpool winning the quadruple, I really wanted the, to watch the internet burn. It would have also made for an incredible documentary for me to make in the future. Nice. Um, there is one here that I don't want to say out loud. Uh, so I think... And you want to, if you just go to Twitter, type in the, the name Komori, K O M O R I underscore underscore OK, uh, you'll see what you're after. Um, losing out on Enzo for 18 million. That's a Man United fan. I think it's actually a lot more than 18 million now. Arsenal losing to Spurs would have secured UCL, and our transfer window would have been even better than it was originally. Um, City don't find a winner against Villa. Mane against Weda Bremen. That is so obscure. Oh, I know exactly who said that as well. <laughs> who do you think said that? He's this he's, he's Bayern fan. He just absolutely just, just hates me. He just, yeah. he just can't, he can't. Oh, he does actually. I'm looking at his Twitter and he like four of his last six tweets are Sadio Mane yeah. related and Mane isn't even playing. So absolutely. He just, he just can't stand. It, it's the funniest thing ever. I've never, never seen anything like it. Well, anyway, there you go. Uh, if you want to see more, they are all on the Twitter uh, at No Ratings Pod. Let's talk Premier League, and I want to talk about number sixes because Casemiro not only was getting praise from Ten Hag, who said he was so lucky to have him. Uh, Conte also said that we needed players like Casemiro, and we couldn't get him. We're going to talk about Conte in a bit, um, but then also I think on Twitter the general consensus now is that would you believe it, Casemiro actually is good at football. Um, Benji, you're a United fan, and uh, Casemiro is cooking. Man, you are cooking. Daniel Holland, Kieran cannot believe they cannot believe that Casemiro is good at football. What can I say about Casemiro, man? I watch him play, and I just think, wow, like we are so so lucky to have him. Like you can just see the quality that he has, the tactical understanding of the game, like even the way Ten Hag trusts him in terms of. He's the one that goes to Tenog. Tenog gives instructions to Casemiro and Casemiro passes it on. He done it for the goal that um, Rashford scored. He instructed Casemiro over. Casemiro then spoke to Rashford, spoke to Martial. Six minutes later, we scored. I'm not saying that's all down to Tenog and Casemiro, but clearly something was said. And I just think, listen, we all know Casemiro's quality defensively. Defensively, he's brilliant. On the ball, he has surprised me. Like Obviously, we never really saw... We saw he was next to Tony Cruz and Luka Modric. Mm. They're obviously going to look much, much, much better on the ball next to him. But on the ball, some of the passes that he's picked out, brilliant, man. Like, I love the guy, man. He's just top class. He's just top yeah. class. And he's a position United have liked for so many years since probably Michael Carrick and Casemiro. Is that guy, man? Is that guy? 
There's yeah. been a lot of Michael Carrick, Carrick prop in the pod already. <laughs> didn't think we'd come in. We've done seven minutes, and Michael Carrick's had about fifteen mentions. Uh, don't get me started on Kieran McKenna. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Yeah, we we're not on Jamie Vardy. <laughs> no, we're also not. Um, all right, we know how good Casemiro is. The topic of the debate isn't whether Casemiro is a good footballer or not. I think the the internet was just foolish in the first few weeks to say he's garbage. Uh, I think the topic of conversation is who's the best six in the Premier League right now? Because you got Casemiro, you got Rodri, you got Party. We've got huh? three football fans in here that support one of each. Um, so Daniel, I'd like to hear your case on Thomas Party, and then Kieran, you can do Rodri, uh-huh. and I'll go with. Oh, I don't think there's. Is there any other sixes that I'm missing? Declan Rice, Thiago. I don't think Thiago is six. He's like, he's like a, he's like a left-sided eight. I think yes. it's like like the three we've mentioned are very much so like enforcers road stoppers. Yeah, enforcers. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I think for I think for me, uh, I share the sentiments about Partey that Bainesy's shared about Casemiro. That where injuries aside, in his early days, when I would watch him, the way he takes the first touch, the way he understands the space, the way he would link the play, the way he'd make a tackle. It was just another level that our midfield wasn't used to. And um, I think finally, now that he's in a team that is slightly a higher level above the one that he entered, um, there's confidence there. And most importantly, he's free of injuries. I think he's really starting to strut his stuff and enforce his influence on the way we've played. He's basically unleashed Xhaka from being our destroyer in the middle of the park. And um, as well as being a destroyer, he just seems to be very clear on the type of passes he wants to make. He's very confident at making a difficult pass as well. Um, There are some number sixes that you find are petrified of losing the ball. They want to just constantly recycle the ball and make sure they keep possession. Um, Partey looks like he's comfortable looking for Saka with certain passes or looking for uh, Martinelli with certain passes. Um, But this is a very difficult one. I don't think I can hand on heart and confidently say that Partey is clear of Rodri and Casemiro. I think this is a very even conversation, but I'm just opening up on my remarks about Thomas Partey. Mm, obviously, I, I'm biased, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Rodri. But um, if I'm honest, like my my what's it, how can how can I put it? Rodri for me is just it, it, when when he came in, there was so much about oh he's he's not going to be able to to handle the Premier League, and he, he did struggle at first, but he's just he's shown his class like as 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 the years have gone on. I think. He, he, he's the kind of player who, he, it's like Busquets in a way where he does he does a lot of good things, but that just go unnoticed. Like you don't you don't necessarily watch Roger and you think, oh my gosh, like look at that amazing pass he's just done, or look at that amazing tackle. But when when the game's done, like City have won, usually if you're going back and just watch Rodri individually, he's very rarely put a foot wrong. I know there's probably at the time of party he's made a mistake last game, so people are going to be like, oh yeah, point point to that. But you know. When you watch him like on a on a weekly basis, you know he, he's break he breaks up play well, and he's, he's not like your traditional destroyer in terms of like build. Like he's not like a like a Casemiro in, in terms in terms of that, but he's someone who he can do the dirty work, and he can you know he can still get get stuck in and and in a way that you know the the typical English you know that's all you want from our midfielders, and then he can also give you give you the the beautiful side as well. I, I think, and he pops up with goals every now and then as well, like the, literally the Leeds game. If you moved them around out of their teams and into other teams, that's how I would judge who the best one is. So I think like Thomas Partey at Arsenal is everything Arsenal need because he can transition the ball. He's effective in possession. Casemiro at United clearly is what United need. Rodri at City is clearly what City need. But if you move them around, who then is still the best six? Because if we throw in, let's say throw in Declan Rice, who's been linked to Chelsea, he's been linked to City, Liverpool, United... I don't put him in this category personally. Mm. Um, I think these three are like the best in the league. And Fabinho was in that category before his form dropped off a cliff. As as a neutral, as a neutral, I'm I'm keen to find out what you said hit the nail on the head. So out of those three, who would you take at Liverpool to come into your midfield? I would probably personally go for Rodri. Um, You're a good man. I do love... I do love Casemiro in what he does, but I think he's much more limited than the other two. 
Um, I don't think, I think in possession, he surprised us because we thought he was going to be poor in possession. But I don't I don't think you can survive in a Madrid team that's won that many Champions exactly. Leagues without being decent on the ball. He's obviously going to be decent on the ball. Um, then I think Party, I think, is actually probably the best in possession. But I think Rodri is the full package. In possession, he's brilliant. Aerially, he's brilliant. He's dominant physically as well, even though he doesn't look it. Um, he stops multiple counterattacks. He's intelligent. He understands how Pep wants to play. And often he's left on his own in midfield and sometimes has to defend in wide areas. And I think he's really good at that as well. So overall, I think Rodri's the best six in the world, by the way. Um, and that's a, that's not a, that's a personal preference. He's my kind of six. If I've got a team, I'd like him in there. Mm. So that's the one I would go for. Then Party, then Casemiro. But I'd say Casemiro and Party are much closer than Party and Rodri. I actually think Rodri's like a level above. Oh, personally. wow. That's interesting. Is that, I, I guess, are we looking at that because of how defensively sound he is? I know at the World Cup he played centre-back as well. Is that, is he more focused on being the destroyer in the middle of the park? Because as Bainesy said, when you see um, Casemiro on the ball, there's a lot of passes that he's been playing that are surprising him that he's not, he'd not seen Casemiro play at Madrid. And same for me as well. Like when Partey was at Atletico, I wasn't seeing like these kind of, not Hollywood passes, but that pass just before he passed. I wasn't seeing those, but now that he's been given license to, you're seeing him show what he's got. So I think it's also like we're more focused on now because they're in our teams, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Rambo's Rambo's been singing Rodri's praises for 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 much longer than than this debate. But I I wonder is it because he's like a defensive enforcer? Is that what you want at the heart of your midfield? You would you say Rodri's better I, defensively than Casemiro? Because I don't think he is. No, so I would actually say Casemiro's yeah. like better, better okay. than Rodri defensively. But in possession, Rodri does not give the ball away. And I think he does actually play more. I think the perception is that he only plays it sideways. I think he actually doesn't. I think he actually plays it into angles where, where possession could be lost. And often, if, if it is, he's also the one that sweeps it up as well. So I think in that sense, like, I think it's very easy to look at Rodri and say he plays for a City team with loads of other midfielders that are better than him in possession. Kind of the way people looked at Casemiro at Madrid. But I think Rodri actually plays the first pass to get them going every time. Yeah. So he's not just the midfielder who breaks up the play and then passes it to someone who's better in possession. They actually start with him, similar to Busquets. And that's why I think, like, defensively... If I, if you just said to me, who's the best defensive midfielder out of them three? The one who is the enforcer? It's Casemiro. Mm -hmm. I think he is better at winning the ball back. He's better in physical duels overall. Um, if you then said to me, I want someone who progresses the ball the best out of them three, I'd probably say it's party. Mm -hmm. But then Rodri can do both of those jobs really, really well, yeah. almost as good as the other two. Whereas I think the other two can't do the jobs as well as each other, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Because I say even so, like, that, as like progressing the ball, he's kind of like the midpoint between the two because party goes like, he's quite, he's quite aggressive in his passing. Like, sometimes I watch him go, like he pulls them off sometimes, but sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll get the ball like literally off Jack, and then you, you see him like trying to find Martinelli with like kind of the ball that Odegaard Odegaard played for um, the Brighton goal. Like that's the kind of balls he, he he likes to play, which you don't really you don't often get that from a six. So I feel like he's quite he's quite a, a, aggressive in his passing. Casemiro as well has the tendency to you know occasionally go for them, but Rodri's kind of the midpoint where he he can he can do he, he might choose not to, but he he has it in his locker. How old is Rodri? Uh, Rodri's 27, 27. And Casemiro? He's not a breakout star. No, he's no, not he's, not, he's not. And, and Casemiro is? I think he's 30. Oh, okay. All right. So, Rodri, I don't Rodri's know why I thought Casemiro was like 46 or something. He he, yeah. he just he strikes no, me he, as a... He was, he was a really young Casemiro. That was, remember when he went on yeah. to Porto? I think he was like 19. I know what this is. The damn brought him back, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cass is 30. Uh, Rodri's 26. So... Yeah, I think Party must be right in the middle. I think Party's twenty eight, right? Something like that. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, in in this discussion, I'm not even I'm not even mad at those rankings. I'm not even mad at those rankings because I'm I wouldn't say Rodri is like in a different class, leaving Casemiro and Partey behind, but in the fine margins of what makes a number six successful in the Premier League. I mean, I can I can see what you guys are saying. I mean, I'm, I'm only one of these midfielders, by the way, is top of the league right now. Because um, there is only, um, <laughs> so there's only. You know the thing I disagree with. I think Casemiro and Rodri are closer to each other than Party is to them. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd agree with that. 
Because I think you said... Um, As in, do you, mean, do you mean ability or league position currently? <laughs> he's always going back to it. He's, he's, he's just not letting it go. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I said... I said Party's closer to Casemiro than Casemiro is to Rodri. Yeah, um, I disagree. With right that. now. I'm talking about right now. Career-wise, no, Casemiro's clear. But right at this moment in time, in terms of form obviously included, the 16 games played in the Premier League, that's my that's where I land. I will still say Casemiro's closer to Rodri. I, I think Casemiro's been the best DM in the league this year. Wow, okay. I wouldn't, the only reason I wouldn't agree with that is I'd say since he's come back in, but there was that... Do you remember there was that period at the beginning of the season where, like, um, McTominay was just being consistently picked over him? Yeah, I know, but that's a settling in period. That's why I'd only say that for the if, if you're talking about the first 16, if you're going to say the last 10, last 12, yeah. If you're talking about the first 16... So let's say since Casemiro's, like, become the main since guy. He's, since, he's, since he's... That's what I'd say. The last 10, maybe the last 12. Yeah, that's, that's 10 games. What's that again? That's 10 games. Yeah, so we'll say the last 10 games, Casemiro has been the best out of three. But yeah, I, and I guess, I guess one thing to notice is Rodri is playing for the best team in the Premier League and has been in the best squad possibly in the world for an extended period of time. So right now, when you're looking at the what Casemiro has brought to the midfield, there's a lot more of an obvious upgrade. Like you got, you're basically seeing this new shiny car that's been bought in from abroad and it's just been put into your midfield. And I feel like you're noticing a lot more his impacts versus Rodri, you know, who's, who's in a very well-oiled machine that's been running for a few years now. Another thing I say about Casemiro, yeah, I don't think Ericsson's been as good as people saying it. Casemiro doing the job that he's doing next to Christian Eriksen deserves a lot more praise. Because Christian Eriksen defensively, don't get me started. Like we saw it in the Wolves game, for example. This guy don't want to put a tackle in, for example. But you Casemiro, knew that already, no? You knew that already. That, that's not what you're, that's not what you're looking for from with Eriksen. To an extent, but you still want the midfielder next to Casemiro to help out a bit defensively. Sure. And I don't think Christian Eriksen does it to a good enough level. Like he is easily replaceable in my eyes kind of thing. I hit again. I would say that's just—it's just not really his role. I feel like he's been put in that role because he's kind of lost a little bit of what he had athletically. So they're trying to like reshape, mm. reshape what, what his role is. But if you look at what Ericsson has always been, it's always been—he's always been that more advanced, you know, that that playmaker. Yeah, and he's, yeah. He's, but he's the thing is, I think he's—he's a weird one. Like I think he's better deeper, Christian Ericsson. But at the same time. Even though I still think he's one of our most important players, just because I don't think there's anyone in the squad that can do the role that he does, I still feel like we can massively upgrade from Ericsson. Well, I think I think that's that's the point, isn't it? It's about fitting the roles of what mm. makes a balanced midfield for your team. Like I think Casemiro is complementary to Ericsson because he can fill the void that Ericsson doesn't have, but then Ericsson's passing fills the void that your entire midfield. Has. A lot of like some United fans argue our best performance this season has been when Ericsson has started. Against Tottenham, Fred side. Possibly, like, I, I don't that, agree with it, but I'm just saying that like, some people said that. The the thing is though, like saying you can upgrade on Ericsson, I don't think it's anything new. You got him for free mm. after he'd had a, a a heart problem, and no one else actually wanted to take a chance on him apart from Brentford. So essentially, you've taken a player from Brentford to Manchester United. So there's an obviously there's an upgrade there, but he's the best available right now. Mm. For what you need, because you have to get Casemiro to do the job next to him. So you're not gonna, you're probably you're not gonna get Casemiro and uh, Enzo Fernandez at the same time, if you know what I mean. Um, so you know what I say. I think Casemiro could do a similar role to what Rodri does at City, but I don't think Rodri could do the same thing at United. I don't think either. If I'm honest, I don't think either could really. I think Rodri do a, a comparatively a better job, but I don't think either would would massively. No, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't think either. I don't think Casemiro fits fits how Pep likes to play, and I don't think Rodri necessarily. I guess Rodri fits more what Ten Hag is going for, but how United are as of right now, I don't think Rodri. Rodri. Fits. Why do you think Casemiro can't do wow. Rodri's work? I just feel like he he's not he's not a volume passer. Like he, if you look at like how Rodri likes to play, Rodri receives the ball and he wants to he wants to keep the ball ticking. He wants to. He doesn't. He doesn't mind if if. The ball's not going straight forward every every single attack. Whereas I feel like Casemiro is much more, you know, he he likes to he likes to progress progress the ball a bit more, and he likes to play those those long, you know, a ball to Anthony, a ball to 
uh, Rashford if if it's on. And I just feel like Pep's someone who just he just loves the control. Like every everything has to be in control at, at, at every point. If 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 you're if you get Casemiro in playing those those kind of balls consistently, I feel like it's something that it just it's just never really been how how Pep's liked his his sixes his yet his most defensive line. So, so but I could argue the other way in terms of last season at Real, Casemiro was averaging close to seventy passes per game in wow. the league. But is that is that because he's in a possession retaining team in a in a league where? Well, you wouldn't say Real like dominate possession the same level as C. True, which is why Rodri's in like the nineties, the hundreds. So would you not say if Casemiro's in that City team who have more possession, Casemiro could do similar numbers? I don't think he's as maybe not at the level of Rodri because I do think Rodri might be better on the ball. I don't think he's as comfortable in possession as as Rodri personally. Mm. Also, I think think as I mentioned earlier, Rodri starts moves. Mm. I don't think Casemiro is that player. Rodri can pick the ball up from a centre back and make four different choices of passes. He can flick it out to the fullback. He can play it to De Bruyne's feet. He can occasionally play it between the lines straight into Haaland or he can flick it out wide into Foden or whoever's in the wide areas. Mm. I don't think Casemiro can do that. And that's probably why when, when at Madrid, he, he'd get the ball and even if he thought about doing that, yes, he's got Cruz next to him, but he'd just sort of lend it to Cruz and go, you're probably better at doing that so you can do that for us. Mm. Um, quickly, just on this debate, if you had to swap your midfielder out so if you if you're man you you swap Casemiro if you're Arsenal party and City Rodri okay. who would be the one you would get for your team um Daniel I'll start with you if you had to swap party well I don't really want to but if I had to then I would purely look at it from a physical perspective before I used to look at pedigree what they'd won they can come in and teach the young ones a bit of something but um his his age and his physicality uh, I would go with Rodri, even though I think it would take away from certain ways that we like to play. Um, but the quality of being able to start a move uh, and recycle the possession, I would go for Rodri if I had to. But I'm very happy with Partey. I think I'd go Casemiro just sim- simply because I, I know I said I, he he wouldn't fit the system is just I, I just feel like Casemiro de, that Casemiro de Bruyne is just it's just a dynamic I'd like to see I just like to see how it works because it, it just kind of frees like you see de Bruyne nowadays like he, he actually has to defend a lot more than than he has done in previous years and I feel like it's it's kind of taken a, a bit a bit of a toll in, re, in recent games I just want him to just have that freedom to just you know he likes to inhabit inhibit the right right half space and just you know, people like spam crosses, but that's that's where he's most comfortable. I, I just like him to be able to to do do more of that. So I'd, yeah, I'd say I'd say Casemiro. Benzie, what you got uh, for us? I probably I probably say Rodri. <laughs> there we have there it. There you go. Our best six in the Premier League is Rodri. Then <laughs> I like that. It's, it's like Casemiro that. for me, but games a game in it. <laughs> and no one wants to agree with me today. <laughs> that one. But. For, for those of you listening, you've got no idea what's going on. We've just recorded something that's going to be going out on Thursday. And there's your little spoiler. Bain struggled. He was fighting. He was fighting his corner. Um, very, very quickly. I, w- I did want to talk about Erdegaard, but I'm going to save it because Newcastle play Arsenal. And I feel like Erdegaard, the Erdegaard conversation is one to be saved for after that game because he's he's been unbelievable. Um, but I do want to talk about Tottenham. I do want to talk about Conte very, very quickly. Um I mentioned he spoke about Casemiro, but Conte is. How do I describe this? I I've, just feel like he's given up. I've never met a manager with so much credit in the bank for doing such an average job. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm speechless. At, like I'm speechless at how flat Spurs could be, and how consistently the answer is. We need a £70 million player every season to compete. Oh, they're just not investing. Bro, work with what you've got. How How is it getting this bad with what you've got? I think the thing is Conte's reputation in Syria are, and the fact that he won a very famous and very memorable double with Chelsea. Was it a double? No, we we finished that. All right, so he won the league with Chelsea. Yeah, he won the league with Chelsea. He introduced... Um, like a 5-3-2 kind of vibe 
into the so Conte has a lot of credit in the bank of the Premier League because not only did he bring in a system that then got used throughout the league he won a league and then he went to Syria and won loads of stuff there as well but he's come to Spurs now and it almost feels like he feels the jobs below him he wants everyone to know the job is below him and that anything positive that happens is down to him and anything negative that happens is down to oh well I'm not getting backed I, I don't think football is as simple as that and um personally I feel like Conte needs to get a grip and realise he's not just going to get a £70 million player every year. So what are you going to do about it? You know one thing I say? I hear the Conte criticism and I think he deserves it. But at the same time, that Tottenham team is bad, you know. Like, yeah. I was looking at it on paper, like, how many would I take at United? Sure. Lloris and Gold. Christian Romero, you probably say still has some credit in the bank. Then Longley, Ben Davies. Doherty. Basuma hasn't really looked like the same player so far this year. Hoiberg started. Conte's got Conte has to take some of the. Yeah, Conte deserves some blame. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, overall, Hoiberg had a good start to the season. Overall, I don't think any of us are really taking him. Perisic probably still has some credit in the bank. Then Brian Gill starting, which obviously is because Kulusevski were injured. If Kulusevski's fit, obviously, I think most of us are taking him. Sensational player. Harry Kane, phenomenal player, still has had a good season. And Son, who hasn't looked like the same player this year. And and what the, the, you see the thing about a classic Conte team when he plays the back five or when he hones in on wing backs or when he's got his midfield, he relies on workhorses. And when you've just named that team there, there's enough workhorses in there or there's enough people with a bit of metal and a bit of steel about them for you to justify Conte being able to get something out of them, like to get them to buy into what he's trying to do. But... Conte's got a very clear style and footballing identity. But when I watch Spurs play, how can they so consistently look so lost? That That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what is their strategy? The thing is, even as kind of, you know, we always talk about, you know, they're, they're poor and, you know, there's, especially games, they don't get results. Games, they do get results. It's often, it's kind of against the run of play. But somehow they still managed to, you know, they, they made top four last season. Right now, they're what they're, I think they're two points off 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 fourth. They're still they're still in fifth, so it's not it's not, it's not amazing, but you can see why people are kind of they they give Conte a lot a lot of credit because it's like he still somehow manages to get over the line through in the Champions League. Well, well, well. What you would definitely would say in that sense is they're fifth, but Liverpool have been terrible this season. Are below them. Chelsea have been awful this season. Are below them. Mm. They should be fourth. They should be in the top four. Manchester United are definitely going through transition, still under Ten Hag. Um, and I hear the thing about he doesn't have he doesn't have a brilliant team, but that isn't Conte's ID that he doesn't need a brilliant team. Like he's basically Jose Mourinho. Like the, his his like belief is that if you give me enough tools, I can make them work. I think he's got enough tools. Like if you look at his last two transfer windows, Emerson Royale was twenty five million. Um, Saar was seventeen million. Kulusevski obviously they got on loan. That was a ten million loan fee. Then they brought in Christian Romero uh, this season, as in the summer just gone. Um, he was 50, this is in euros, by the way, 50 million euros. Uh, Richarlison, 58 million euros. Basuma, 30 million euros. Uh, Destiny Udogi, 18 million. Jed Spence, he 15 million. And then they got pe- like, he's not in the squad, is he? That Destiny. Who? I think he's, at, Destiny, no, I think he's, he's, he's still at Udinese, isn't he? Yeah, Udinese, yeah, 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 he got loaned back. He got loaned back. Um, Perisic have gotten a free transfer. Clement Longley loan, loan transfer, but that's a 12 million loan fee. So, like, he has signed players. Bentancor is in there as well, 90 million. He's so, he has signed players. And I kind of go, like, at what point do you go? You can't just keep spamming the market with players and going, I want to keep signing players until I find the right one, which is why I give praise to Pep Guardiola, also Ten Hag, the players he signed, also Jurgen Klopp, the players he signed, as you go... If you're going to sign players, you've got to make sure they're the right ones. You can't just go, okay, I'm going to rip this one out and get a new one. I'm going to rip this one out. I'm going to get a new one. Um, and if your ID is that I can, I can, it's like, it's like Jurgen Klopp tomorrow going, I need three new midfielders. They've all got to be 300 million each. You kind of go, well, that's not, that's not you. Like, yeah, your, your identity is that you can turn decent players into good players or decent players into world beaters. Where do we think this Tottenham team should be finishing in? As an on, on paper, I'd, I'd still say fifth. I don't think I, they should. I don't think they should be in the in the top four. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think now football doesn't work like that. There's two in this league. There's too many good teams now with the emergence of you know you've got your Liverpool, Man City, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, 
You've got Spurs in there as well. The the top four is now extending, whereby getting into the Champions League is going to be an even bigger achievement than before. It's not so much where Tottenham should be finishing because it's always a gamble. I think only City are guaranteed to finish in that top Mm. four every season. It's about what is their plan? How are they playing? Like, how is their season going? Because top four is not as clear cut anymore. You can have a great season and end up finishing fifth. But it's like, what is the story? Uh, uh, Rambo's mentioned all those players that Conte has signed. Is, can you see a pattern anywhere? Is there an identity? Is there a profile of player that he's trying to sign? Because I can see that profile at City, at Arsenal. Somewhere in Liverpool, I can see that identity. I can see it with Ten Hag. I, I can't seem to figure out what Spurs are trying to do. And I think that's, that's the biggest problem. I think... Asking where they should finish is a, a pretty fair question. I think if you go, they should finish top four this season. I don't think that's an unfair thing to say because of where the league is at. That's my point. Like you got Brentford in seventh, you got Fulham in eighth, and if you were to say, if you were to say, can Newcastle finish in the top four this season? You'd say it is the perfect season to do it. Mm. So that is obviously telling you there's an opportunity there. The door is open, but Spurs are not going to walk through it, and that that that's where I go. Like. Okay, if you want to complain about Spurs' players, let's look at the Newcastle side. Almiron, Danburn, the list is huge for them as well. So in my opinion, I think there's a lot of excuses being made for Conte and he's also making a lot of excuses. Mm. Um, and if the plan was to come in and spend and wait to spend 100 million on a midfielder and wait to spend 100 million on another player and another player, then Conte might not have been the right man. You might have, you may as well have just got someone else who's willing to wait. Conte I, I wants success right now. Tottenham's next manager will be probably like Pochettino or something, and a project manager. So if that happens, that yeah. they just have to admit that their their entire decade is just was a waste. Was a waste. But I think everyone agrees yeah. with that though, because they brought in Jose. Jose was a win now manager, and Jose had like an aging team, so everyone thought it, was, it would have been perfect. Same thing happened with Conte. Like, can you squeeze that last bit of it out? And let's be honest, if Conte don't win anything this year, which he probably won't, he has been another failure. It goes but we're putting that to Pochettino. That genuine that genuine just like every single narrative of oh, you know, you know, we wanted to win, we wanted to do this. This is what we've we've tried to do in, in getting him out in the first place. You you just you just reneged on all of that. And it's it, it'll be it'll be a very embarrassing appointment. Even if he maybe he'll be a success, but yeah, I, I just think I just think yeah, we'll leave it there. I, I also just very quickly, uh, Spurs were playing better football under Mourinho. So, <laughs> True. All right. <laughs> I let's do another one. If if Josie was in charge in the Carabao Cup final against City, would they have won? No. Yes. No. No, they would have stunk. They would have stunk the place up and then lost, and then Mourinho would have gone. There's a referee decision in there, so then it, it kind of would have then- it would have been a loss, but a moral win for Jose. <laughs> Yeah, now that you say that, probably yes. As in, no. Um, I agree with what you just said. Um, but uh, still, they were playing better football under Mourinho. I, like You liked watching Spurs here and there. Now you don't want to watch Spurs at all because they play horrific football. I think the only person I enjoy watching is Kuliseski. I, I think he's so, so good. Cool as a ball. Yeah, you love him, innit? Oh, I love yeah, the guy, good. man. I would 100% swap him for Anthony right now. Yeah, oh. clearly. I think everyone would. Yeah, I think everyone... Like his decision-making for someone so young is ridiculous. Like, I've not seen anything like it. Obviously, the only thing frustrating right now is his injury record, but I think he's class. I think Sancho's better than Anthony. Hey, I'm not, not going to be mad at that. I, 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 no, I'm not even going to give my back to It's so fascinating to me, the Anthony thing. When he first, well, I don't want to talk too much about Anthony, but when he first came on the scene, I think United fans loved him because obviously he had a couple of games first where he scored games, worldies. First three, first um, three, three and three. But I've, even in those games, I actually felt like he weren't good. He was just, yeah, he he was actually playing poorly. Mm. Like he, the the City game where he scored the worldie, the game was done, and he played horribly that game. The Arsenal game, he played horribly that game mm. as well and scored that goal. So. I don't know. And then obviously like the media was kind of like going, Anthony, it's the Starfy. And I was like, you're not the guy. Like, I don't feel, I'm not convinced by you. Um, not that guy. So, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Let's talk about Son first. We've, we've introduced a new series called This or That, where we're basically going to give you two stipulations. Um, for example, this week we've got 
X player in form versus X player in form or underrated, overrated. We're going to start with Son. In form, so forget about Son's current form because he's not in form, but in form, maybe Jose Mourinho, him and Son, or in form, Marcus Rashford. Who would you have in your side? Think about this. Try and take your biases out of it if you're a United fan like Baines. Um, you've got to think, Son in form, I think, was it last season where he finished joint golden boot winner with most Salah? 22 goals. 23. 22 think, goals. That's 20, 22, 23 goals. He, in my opinion, is a wonderful finisher in front of goal. Probably one of the best in the league when he's in form. Um, but in form, out of these two, which one would you take? I'll go with you first, Kieran, because you have no affiliation to Rashford and you have no affiliation to Son or rivalry with Son. It's, it's, it's hard because... I'll be honest, I, I just don't really like Son that much. Like I've, I've said it quite a few times. I just, I just don't really like him. Keep going. It's because he I, slapped I, you in the Champions League a couple of times. It's, it? okay. it's, not, it's even <laughs> like, Son being a, a nuisance against us aside, I just don't really like him as a player. I think he has a lot a lot of limitations. Um, but I think Rashford's, Rashford's best season, he scored 17 and, and five of them were penalties. So it's, it's really hard. Even though I've got this massive Son agenda, it's really, really hard. Because Son what slapped twenty three and they were all all non penalty goals. It's just very, yeah. it's very very difficult for me. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say Son. In terms of the stats, just very quickly, Son's played two hundred and forty seven Premier League games. He's got ninety six goals, forty eight assists. Um, I'll roll up Rashford's right now. I think Rashford's only got fifty eight or maybe no sixty one. I think he's got. You were definitely looking at this right before we started. Well, I promise you, I wasn't. Probably sure I wasn't. I just remember there was that screenshot with Rashford and Martial having like 56. Yeah, they're all his neck on neck, isn't it? 52-something. So I'm guessing he's on 61. Or 62. He's played 220 Premier League games, 65 Premier League goals, 35 Premier League assists. Um, So he's considerably behind Son. Um, Go on, Baines. He's a tough one, isn't he? He's a tough one. Because, like, when you're comparing the numbers, like, Rashford obviously did break out a lot younger than Son. I also believe Rashford hasn't had a proper coach since Louis van Gaal, other than obviously Eric Ten Hag now, in terms of training ground coaches. So his development hasn't really been helped. But at the same time, I also do believe Rashford is a better all-round player than Hingman Son. Son has that trait in terms of being one of the best finishers the Premier League's ever seen. But I do feel that Rashford still has more to his game. Yeah, but so having more to your game is absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Like on paper, you've got more to your game. I'm trying the, to win the question. But but the, but the one thing that Son <laughs> has is far oh, better than anything yeah, Rashford's yeah. bringing to the... It's like, I'm, I don't want to bring it back to these two again, but it's like Ronaldo on paper has every single thing you could want in a footballer. Messi hasn't got all the things you'd want in a footballer. But it just so happens that the things that Messi has are out of this world. And you have to look at... Son's golden boot record and his overall output and effectiveness in games. He's done it for a lot longer than Marcus Rashford. And this is coming from someone who absolutely adores Marcus Rashford. His his little remontada that he's going through right now is like one of my favourite stories in football. Like, And I, I want him to hey, shine. Until they start catching you in the Premier League title race, then all of a sudden they won't be. Yeah, no, then I, could, <laughs> then I couldn't hate Rashford more. Uh, I hope his books never sell. Uh, but, so, but, but yeah, you, for me, you have to look at the stats. Like, for example, fine, if you think Rashford is uh, better at taking man on, or if you think he's better at like turning out of tight spaces, that's all fine. But that if that's not equating to anything, then you have to be clear and go, Son, Son is the better player out of out of those two for sure and it hurts me to say that i same i flipped this and thought who's better out of form to then decide who's better in form because i think that tells you a lot about a player i think they're both terrible yeah both out of form are just hey rashford last year annoyed me but so this is the thing right i think when son's out of form versus rashford because rashford is probably has probably more assets to his game he makes more mistakes in games. Like last year, I remember watching Rashford where he was shooting from like 35 yards out and it was like flying wide or he was hitting it at players who were directly in front of him giving a counter-attack to the team or he's trying to dribble through three players and they're just taking it off him. He was getting thrown around, basically. Um, Son out of form is almost like invisible. Mm. But then because he's got a little bit of ability in front of goal, even when he's out of form, he carries a little bit more of a threat and you have to still think about him. I remember Son played 
at Anfield when he played like four or five games out of form season before last and he scored after eight minutes. And I was like, that's really annoying because you will do nothing now for 85 minutes. I think Rashford out of form is literally like just having a body on the pitch. Um, Because I think when he's out of form, he struggles so much. Whereas I think Son gives you a little bit more out of form. Therefore, in form. Go on. We see Son this year. I think he's only got one hat trick against was it Leicester? And that's been it. That's it. That and then he yeah, got so, zero goals. This no, year no. So, so, so he's clearly going through a patch, but I don't think that patch overrides because Rambo said specifically like forget current form or whatever. But I don't think that patch or any sort of short term bad patch in any player's career overrides what their overall output is to to the league. I think his his goals, the type of goals he scores. Um, the consistency at which he scored, I think that does enough for him. And I don't think Rashford has had, when he first burst onto the scene, of course, it was sensational, but he's not had that season-defining moment. He's not had that thing where he's been in a golden boot race or he's ended up having the most goals and assists. Or has he even been United's Player of the Year since he's... Um, I think De Gea's had it for about the last 10 Ronaldo won it last year. But I do feel like... um, Rashford in 1920, especially the first half before we signed Bruno Fernandes, that's the best we've seen of Rashford. Mm-hmm. On the left hand side, Marshall. If we're going overall player and you're going that first six months before we signed Bruno, that's probably like quite telling, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, but I think he had injury know? problems after that, innit? Which is why I've always said the first yeah. six months he was phenomenal. I think I, I also think... do feel like just to give Rashford the benefit of the doubt, Son probably benefits of having someone like Harry Kane up top that he can make those runs in behind. Mm. I don't feel like we've had the correct system mate or plays sure. around him to get the best out of Rashford other than maybe a Martial for example I'd say because you know I'll probably, say, I'll, probably, I'll probably say Martial in, it, in terms of his link up play yeah. and Rashford and Martial all his link up well, wouldn't it? but when you when you look at a forward line it's much easier when you've got a centre forward that's happy to drop or happy mm. to play off wingers rather than relying on the entire front line to be in the same place at the same time and I think mm. that's where if it's if it's not going well for United, then Rashford doesn't have someone in the middle that he can like get an assist for or play off of. Whereas Kane, as you very rightly said, that quarterback style play, or maybe even like a Benzema, someone that goes, mm. my play and influence on this team is bigger than just finishing the goal. Um, so that that definitely could play into Rashford's lack of but output. Think, you know, in, in terms times. of profiles, Rashford and Son are very similar in a way. Yeah, they are. Big time. It's a very good comparison. Thank you. I'll take credit. I'll take credit for that. Um, <laughs> in a word, Bainsey, Rashford in form or Son in form? I'll give it to Son. Just. Just. You can see, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, the pain in his eyes is, is real. No, I trust it. This is just just because just Rashford's younger. Let Rashford cook for a couple more years and then we're talking. <laughs> All right. uh, I think Daniel, Kieran, and you're both saying Son. Yeah. Oh, Son cleans up. But I think it, I think it is very close. Um, we're looking at a 30-year-old footballer against a 24, 25-year-old. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, 25. So five years difference. The consistency is a big question. If Rashford if Rashford produced now and stops after Bournemouth for 10 games, then I don't think you can really compare because Son's done it for four or five seasons. Yeah, um, yeah but even lastly, Son, in this or quickly, that, he has allegations but, of being a purple patch merchant. Allegations, you made it sound like he's going to prison for that. Yeah, honestly, the <laughs> way he started that sentence, win. the way he started that sentence, I was gonna lose faith in, in any footballer if 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 Son yeah. if Son was getting done with something. No, but like a lot of people do throw that up against Son. He hasn't beaten those allegations yet. You yeah. said it not me. Uh, but my like, my opinion on this very quickly is that in reality, how many footballers do you actually see play really well for thirty eight games a season for two, three, four, five? It's like it's it's not very often. Like Ronaldo Messi aside, you're maybe looking at even someone like Eden Hazard, for example, for a season, he was unbelievable. Season and a half, let's say 18 months. And then he's not been anywhere near it since. Mm. Um, even Gareth Bale Absolutely. patches. I think Hazard had a bit longer than people give him credit for, personally. I think Hazard had, I'd say from even the first season he was at Chelsea, I'd say the only down season he, he ever really had was that 17-18 that, um, season. No, not 17. I'm, I'm saying... Co- Combine, combining the fact that is he playing well combined with are his stats good combined with is he consistent I think in that first season his stats weren't great then in the second season he elevated his stats and he's got his GA improved I think it was um, like 9 and 11 the first the first season I think it was like 9 goals 11 assists which for a first 
first season in a Premier League, close to a double double. I think he was twenty two in his first season. I think I feel like Hazard kind of gets like this kind of he gets harsh press because of what he is now. I think generally, really? you think you think he gets harsh? But I I honestly think he's still dining out off of what he's done at Chelsea. I think a lot yeah. of the pundits will still tell you he's the best. Uh, left-sided forward in in the Premier League, or he's in the debate for the all-time Premier League eleven. Um, I don't I don't actually think he gets any sort of rough press. I think people just look at what's happened to him at Madrid as more of a shame rather than oh, see, he couldn't yeah. hack it at Madrid. I I think he's still dining out on his Chelsea days, man. I see what you're this, saying. Uh, see what you're saying. This loops in perfectly for the next part of this and that because. Uh, what you just said, I'm going to come back to because I feel like I'm going to need it. Uh, is Mo Salah underrated or overrated? Ooh. Think about this. Think about this. Let we go to our resident correspondent, Statman Baines. You know who we actually need? Baines knows who we actually needed for, for this, this section. Amir. And we needed... Um, Oh, no, I can't say his name. I can't say his name. A visual game on Twitter. I can't say his name over here, but a visual game on Twitter. Definitely. Hey, I would like to say he's coming on the pod soon. Oh, is he? Oh, sweet. Yeah, he, I... he's definitely needed for a Salah, Salah segment. He's anything about Salah, like even when Salah was born, like Salah playing for his Egyptian under nines team, he knows, he knows the numbers. Yeah. Um, go on, Baines. See, this is a difficult one. I'm going to say, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I'm going to lean towards underrated. Ooh, Bainsey. Slightly, just because, like, I feel like the biggest thing I hear is all is about Salah's goals. And obviously, like, his numbers are elite and stuff. Still, obviously, I think he has seven goals, four assists or something. But I do feel yeah. like Mo Salah still has more ability than the goals show, for example, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to explain it like, I still do think even though he might not be the hazard level playmaking he's still a decent playmaker Yeah, like his big chance of creating numbers all is half decent I think he's like fourth all time I saw I saw something. yeah, he yeah is, like, he is. even yeah. then um, like his goal record like people think what he's done is easy he came into the <laughs> Premier League got 32 then after that what was it like 20 something like yeah. four or five seasons in a row, he's literally got 19 goals plus. And three of those first five seasons, he was called a, a one-season wonder, yeah. a two-season wonder, a three-season wonder. And we're here five years later and the numbers are just not stopping. He's still out, out there. And we're just acting like it's normal kind of thing, that like he was winning the Ballon d'Or every single year. Mm. Uh, not Ballon d'Or, sorry, Golden Boot. So within this premise, are we allowed to say, do we have to pick underrated or overrated or is there like a middle ground of like perfectly rated? You can go perfectly rated if you like. I don't think he is. You didn't give me that option. I don't, I don't, no, I don't, think, I don't think he is. Bainsey, no, Bainsey, I... we need the headline from you, Giza. Yeah, we, need, <laughs> we need that next 8.7 million. For, yeah, for, for, me, for me, I think Salah is perfectly rated. I don't think anyone lords him so much as like a world-class dribbler. Or, oh my God, he's so silky on the ball. And I don't think anyone overhypes his goal output. And I think that is what you get when the stats don't lie. Like, but you can have opinions, but with Salah, I think more often than not, all you need to do is refer to his stats to end the argument. And then what, what, once you've shown those stats, no one really has any other opinions to follow up on. I think he's, um, I think he's about right. I think he's underappreciated more than un- underrated. I think it's, it's a thing where right. just because we've seen it so much, he's just kind of expected to do it so much so that there was there was a point in the season I think it was like seven games in where he had two goals and four assists and everyone was just like oh he's been so awful he's been da, 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 da. and it's just mm. it's just like if any, any any other player in the league like say Mane had that kind of kind of start like you you wouldn't hear the same narratives about it and also because like you said there's this thing about you know Salah and his and his, and his stats people like to just use his stats when you can look at some of the things he does like some of the assists I remember the assist um to Mane Outside of the foot, yeah, against us, and he and, and the man is just 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 waltzed in behind, and he's got the goal. So everyone's kind of talking about the goal, but yeah, Salah, Salah does does a, does a lot. If you look at the numbers, I think he's equaled Dalglish's record for Liverpool in like half things like half the games. I think it was like Dalglish had like five hundred. I think it's, I think no, I don't think it was games. I think it was nineties. Dalglish had like 
519, Salah in 250, and I think it's both of them are 172 goals. And I think the thing is as well, if anyone's had any doubts about what he does other than put the ball in the back of the net, I think he's got about three or four goals for you that tell you all you need to know about spinning about six people inside out. One against City last year. Yeah, rolling the foot and then finishing it. So... If you've got yeah. any doubts about what he does on the ball, I think he's he's got that in the locker for has you he, as well. Has he not also won a push gas award? Yes. Oh, for the yeah. goal against like, Everton. The, the, the most, like undeser- the most yeah, undeserved push gas of all time. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't do that. Because the ones, it's crazy because the goals he actually deserves it for. He, yeah. Exactly. That's that's yeah. what I'm saying. That award was just a, a state. Mm. That's a, that push gas award is a stain in the Salah legacy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's a bit of a disparity between like, actually what people think and actually what Salah is like like Bain said at the start there the perception is just look at his numbers but if you watch Mo Salah play football and and Lears I think says it all the time that he's just a stat he's a he's a goal merchant he's a GA merchant I think Salah's a lot more than a GA merchant a lot more than that I think you just have to watch him closely and go what he does in a game is outstanding um Kieran, question for you because you've you've said he's underappreciated. So, in City's all-time front three, would Mo Salah make it? Ooh. Oh. I think on an on an ind- like on an individual level, you'd, you'd have to say yes, but I, I don't know how it would how it would function. That's that's the thing. I think on an individual level, you can't you can't say no because he's obviously individually outperformed. Like especially seventeen, eighteen, he's individually outperformed anyone like numbers wise, but um, in terms of functionality in in the front, I don't know how. I, he, I, I for me, for for me, bro, I don't think any functionality comes into play when you're talking about players of Salah's level. I think just they'll make it work, but you you just like who who whoever's in the middle or whoever's on the on the left, yes or no? Does Salah come in and go? Yeah, this is my elite front three. Yeah, then, 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 I'd, then I'd say yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah, because you can't thirty-two goals. You can't, you can't ignore that. That that season is just ridiculous. And then the fact he's maint- just maintained it, just year in, year out. Even I think it was it, um, was it season before where he won both the Golden Boot and the Playmaker Award. Yeah, season, last season. It's last season. 21 22. Yeah. 13 yeah. assists, I think, was, isn't it? I think it's 14. Yeah. It's 23 and 14. 13 assists, 23 oh. goals yeah. in that season. Um, there's, there's always a debate, and I was, that's why I said I'm going to come back to Eden Hazard. There's always a debate on the internet about whether Peak Hazard is better than Peak Salah. And I prefer really. I, I, I think it's chalk and cheese. Like, same. I, I love it. I love Eden Hazard. I think he was an outstanding footballer, but he was an outstanding footballer to watch. Like he, I loved watching Eden Hazard. He could turn defenders inside out. But if I want to win things, and if I want a player who's going to score goals in every fixture available to him in any season going, it's Mo Salah. You mentioned that. You mentioned Salah. Salah well, yeah, He's sure. Salah been sure. the main main man in both of those titles. But Salah in form, let's say you took Salah's Liverpool form over to Chelsea and swapped him with Eden Hazard, do Chelsea win all the things they want? Probably. But that's the thing. You'd lose, the amount of times like Hazard would literally be like a one-man progressing machine because Chelsea didn't have the midfielders sure, to progress. Sure. And I don't think that's, that's something that Salah, Salah could do to the same level. That That's the only... like There was literally times, especially um, in, in the 14-15 season, where Fabregas just... He, he started really, really hot. And then he had a period where he really, really dipped. And they needed Hazard. They really mm. needed Hazard there. Because... I think they're both like different sort of wingers, isn't it? It's hard to compare. Yeah. Mm. And, and like, you know... Like when... Eden Hazard's like more of a 10 winger kind of thing. Yeah. Mo Salah's more of like inside forward. And when it's interesting when Rambo said... he, you, Rambo, you almost said that um, Salah's more than a goal and assist merchant as if like being a GA merchant is is a bad thing. I, d- I just don't understand. Yeah. If, you're, if you're constantly banging goals and constantly contributing assists I don't need anything else from you like if, yeah. if, if you've got that for me I'll take it yeah it can only be a good thing um, the issue is when, I... like when it when that dries up that's that's where I feel like people are like that's why they're oh it's a GA merchant because they're like, oh, if, if you don't but... if you have that what are you bringing to the table sort of thing it hasn't dried the up. River is, the, Nile, the River Nile is flowing. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The only 
point you can say it's a negative is if it dries up. But with Salah, he's the one player I always say like it just it just doesn't matter. You can't you can't take Salah off the pitch because in one moment he can he can make something happen. But would you not say he did dry up from after Afcon and you're still like his performances were still decent? I thought. Oh, he's still getting assists. He's still getting assists very regularly. The goals, the goals dried up, but he's still yeah. managing to get assists very, very regularly. I think it was like eight games, one goal, but six assists. Some, something like so that. So I'm yeah. like, I can, I'm, I'm kind of fine with that as a football fan. I'm like, and I think it was only natural that it, they were going to drive because that was the season where in the first half of the season where he tore City to shreds. He saw in that first half of the season, and I said this on a previous podcast, he was as good as anyone I've ever seen in that first half of the season. You couldn't stop him. You literally could not stop him. City tried, they couldn't stop him. Um, So I think that was a difficult one to, like a period where he was always going to come down. I didn't think it was going to come down that bad, to be fair, but his performances were still very good. Um, I think, in my opinion, I think Mo Salah is underrated because I think when we were just talking earlier about players who've who've managed to stay consistent over a long period of time, they don't exist really. There's very few players who you go for three plus seasons. They were world beaters. They were goal scorers. They were getting assists. They mm. were pushing their teams to trophies. And you just said there, Kieran, Mo Salah is one of the few players where a goal is inevitable. And like the stats do not lie. Like we were just talking about Eden Hazard. I'll quickly roll his stats about Chelsea. Uh, the most goals he ever scored in a season was 16. The most assists was 15. That was in his last season. Prior to that, it was always single figures for assists. And it was 12, 16, 14 goals. Mo Salah, on the other hand, in his first season, 32 goals, 10 assists. Second season, 22 goals, 8 assists. Third season, 19 goals, 10 assists. Fourth season, 22 goals, 5 assists. Last season, 23 goals, 13 assists. This season, 7 goals, 4 assists. He's he, it's That's just unbelievable. That's unbelievable numbers. That's, that's why I said earlier on in the conversation that Mo Salah is the most easily linkable player to his stats, as in that when you bring up his stats... There's not much else for anyone else to add in terms of criticism of him. But in Eden Hazard's defence, just to play devil's advocate, Hazard wasn't bought in to score goals. Like, it's it's what he did before the assist was made. It's what he did before the goal was scored that was so influential to his team. Whereas Salah was bought in. I don't, know, I don't think he was bought in to become one of the greatest players that had ever played for the club, but he was bought in to get the goals. That is how Liverpool played. So... When you're talking about uh, an argument between Hazard and Salah, stats are almost irrelevant because Hazard wasn't bought in to score 30 goals. And mm. Salah is the man that they want to score 30 goals. So I guess then, if, I guess aesthetics comes into play then. No, for real, because honestly, like, like you said, the best season Hazard had was the 18-19 season where he scored 16 and 15. But the conversations he was in at that point, if, if Salah had... I, I, like you said, you know, those seasons where Hazard scored like 12, 14, um, and, and there was still, he was still in these these conversations. Do you think that Salah would be in the same conversations of pure, just purely performance level with those kind of stats? With like the, with like the, yes, Hazard, because his, Hazard. I, feel, I feel his, wait, sorry, would Salah be That's in the conversation Salah, so with Hazard? See how like when, when, when Hazard was, there was, there was, I think it was the 14, 15 season, I think he scored 14 goals. I got eight assists, but there were still conversations like, "Yeah, this guy is still by far and away the best, the best player in the league." Do you think that um, Salah, with with those stats, would still be in those conversations? No, but that's mainly because we watched them both of them in two very different ways. We watch Hazard as like we watch Hazard and go, "I want to enjoy what he does in possession. I, I want to like sit on the edge of my seat and like like eat popcorn and enjoy Eden Hazard's magic." You watch Salah and go, he's going to win me football matches. They're two like very different like ways of watching a game. Yeah, then in the flip side, do I think Hazard could produce these numbers over five years? I don't think Hazard comes anywhere near it over five years, as you've seen. So I think like if they swapped hats, it's very very difficult to compare because of how different they are. Mm-hmm. But then my, like what I land on is over a three plus year period, who do I want in my team? I want Salah because Hazard over three plus years, he's never he's not actually he's done it for three seasons, and one of those seasons he was relatively decent but not wonderful so which three seasons yeah, it's, actually are you talking about for, for Hazard? probably his last three seasons at Chelsea okay. so in terms of consistency because he had the season in between in 15-16 where I think he was injured quite a few times um, and then he had his first season where he was outstanding so he's had like I would actually personally say he's had three out of five seasons where he's been at probably 
his best physical mm. space. Um, whereas I think Salah's had five seasons, five, one, yeah. two, three, yeah. six actually, six this season. So yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a very difficult one to compare, but I think in conclusion, uh, I would say uh, Salah is underrated. Um, as always, we'll leave you with an icebreaker. Give us one random prediction for football in 2023. Uh, did I, did anyone think of one? I didn't think of one, to be fair. Uh, um, random prediction. No pressure. This is just one for the socials. But if you can think of one on the spot, I'll be very impressed. Baines is going to go. Harry Winks is going to sign for Arsenal in, in in this window and score the winning goal to win him the league. Um, Newcastle are going to drop out of the top four. That's not that fun. <laughs> no, because everyone's saying that they're they're going to come third. Everyone's like some people even nah. even no. I've been seeing it a lot. Um, really, I, I have been seeing it a lot. I, I I want it to happen, but I I think I think they will they will drop out. Leicester City will get relegated. Potter gets sacked at by the end of the season. Potter, yeah. Wow, I I don't I... think it should happen, but I think there's a chance. Wow! Hit you with like two wowzers then. Yeah, hey. I feel I feel like I feel like Leicester are in in situ. They're in this like little bit where they're just they're just coasting. Contracts are running out. Brendan mm. Rodgers, even though he's a super capable manager, and I don't think there's many teams in the league that he wouldn't be a great manager for. I just feel like Leicester are leaving behind that momentum that they built. And I feel like they're not going to try and catch up to it. I think they've they've looked at it. They've enjoyed it. I think players are going to leave and move on to bigger things. And I don't think Leicester is going to be as attractive a proposition for players as it once was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of players that were in previous years signing contract extensions are going to be much quicker to want to leave. And um, I reckon Leicester could be in a relegation battle that might not go their way. All right. Lovely stuff. Uh, well, Danielle, Kieran, Baines, thank you very much for hopping on the pod as ever. Thank you guys for all the support in 2022. Let's make sure 23 is magical. Uh, make sure you follow all the guys on social media and follow the No Ratings pod as well. And we'll see you next time.